Well, it's a rare occasion, but yes, indeed, I was interviewed to share my story on BBC Hereford and Worcester. Quick backstory. Some of you may know that I became a taiko drummer in 2018. And as a consequence, I asked my taiko teacher, James Barrow, whether he'd be up for setting up a group in my hometown, which is Stourport on Severn, in Worcestershire. Cut a long story short, in February 2019, we did our first workshop and successfully grew it over the next year. In helping promote that workshop, I reached out to the BBC in 2019 and we managed to get on two different shows, probably twice I think, talking about what we'd started in Worcestershire. Now, for our American listeners, that's pronounced Worcestershire. <laughs> anyway, lockdown happened, in-person drum classes stopped, and I then assisted James in completely converting his in-person classes to online. I then reached out to the BBC again and we were interviewed again, talking about now our online solution. So a couple of weeks ago, the BBC contacted me and asked if I would nominate two songs to be played on one of their evening shows on a Sunday. Of course, I said yes and shared that the songs had special meanings. Song number one was Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings, which I heard for the first time when I lived in Suriname, which is in South America, after my mother asked for it to be played on the BBC World Service. And here I am sharing that story on the BBC. And song number two was Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, which came out in 1977, when I first arrived to the UK. And of course, as you will know by now, it's also the name of my company. Well, they thought my story was so interesting, having lived abroad and all that, they wanted me to come on the show and share more of my story. And first up was the first interview where I shared my two song choices. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Uh, and tonight's guest, we first met doing Tycho drumming sessions at the Starport Civic. Uh, and these have actually gone virtual. He is Michael De Groot and joins us now. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kate. Great oh. to be with you. Yeah, lovely to speak to you again. So how is life? What have you been up to? Well, it's been a busy year. Mm. Uh, you're quite right. We went virtual with taiko drumming, uh, which was scary, we have to say, <laughs> in the beginning, because we thought, how are we going to do drumming when pe over Zoom, you know, yeah. all the kind of lag and everything, and it just didn't work. You know, we tried it out and it just wouldn't work. So we said, okay, everyone has to be muted. And uh, so we tested it and tested it and... Hours later, we got a format that has gone really, really well for us. And we've done five courses. We did our sixth course just finished last week. We're starting the seventh course um, this month on the 19th of April. We got free taster sessions if people want to come and join on the 13th and 14th of April. And yeah, it's gone really, really well. 
I love uh, the sound of this. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do, actually, once you really get your head around the technology. It's made us all think a bit, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. And James, our our, our taiko teacher, he wasn't so hot on technology. And luckily, I was or am. And so I was able to help him a huge amount, a huge amount of training for him. Uh, He's done amazing, actually. And yeah, so three times a week, uh, he's delivering classes. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it's Have you got a website for this if anyone's listening once again? Yeah. Yeah, if they go to tycowest.com, uh, that's it. They'll Tyco. see some, yeah, tycowest.com. Got it. And it, they can just go there. There's big red buttons on the homepage that tells you what to do. Uh, you can join a taster session or sign up for the whole 10-week course. So. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. I'm really glad that that is flying. I think probably, Michael, uh, we're here to talk about your songs tonight, but we should probably get you back on and have another little chat. Yeah, I'd love another to. time. So tell us what songs you would like to listen to and play for us and why. Well, the first one is my favourite band, which is Wings. Uh, and at the time it was kind of, Paul McCartney and Wings. And uh, at the time I was living, I was a young teenager. We'd moved. Uh, Originally I'm from the Netherlands, Amsterdam. And my father was posted with the Bank of America that he used to work for from Amsterdam to Suriname, which is a Dutch colony or used to be a Dutch colony right at the top of South America. And we lived there for three years. And we did feel a bit cut off, I have to say. And my favourite band was Wings, or just starting to get into music as a young teenager. And my mother organised for this song to be played uh, through the BBC World Service. So it's quite surreal that I'm talking about it on BBC Radio yeah, right wow, now. Wow, what a connection. Um, and it's uh, Band on the Run. Excellent, Which is just excellent a fabulous choice. Fabulous song. Brilliant. And for your second choice? My second choice, um, another bit of a backstory, but um, when we eventually got back to the Netherlands from Suriname after about three years, we then were posted, my father was posted to London. So in 1977, we moved to London. And uh, that's why I'm in the UK now. And in that year was an album that came out and a movie called Mm. Saturday Night Fever. And the song on there by the Bee Gees is called Staying Alive. And today I actually run my own small company outside of my toko drumming, which is really a hobby as well. Um, And my company is actually called Staying Alive. Oh, my God, so many connections there. Well, (laughs) yeah. Oh, Michael, it's been a real pleasure to have a little fun chat with you and great choice of tunes and really, really good reasons as well. Um, So we'll stay on the line and we'll arrange to get you back on and have a a bit more of a chat about your background as well, etc. So much we can talk through. Um, But in the meantime, thank you for being our Before 8 guest and enjoy your tunes. I will indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. But tonight, we are talking to a couple of people who have got some amazing life stories. And the first of who we are going to be speaking to has taken in hundreds of thousands of miles in the life of one Starport man, who we first met bringing 
Tycho drumming to Herefordshire and Worcestershire in his in-person classes, which have been online now for the best part of a year. But it turns out that life for Michael de Groot began on the continent before he then travelled around the world and ended up in the middle of our patch. He'll tell us why. He inadvertently ended up as one of the earliest visionaries flying the flag for mental health at a time when it wasn't really brought up at all. I was born in Amsterdam. I'm a Dutchman. My father was Dutch, but my mother was actually, she used to call it Anglo-Indian. I was always really curious about that because I wasn't sure what that actually meant. And only years later did I realise that she had forefathers who originated from British shores. And actually, it was Ireland, I think, um, on her mother's side, there were like her great-grandparents or something were Irish. But she always felt very British and we had a very British upbringing, even though we lived in the Netherlands. And presumably she's Indian then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I would call her Indian, but she used to say, oh, no, I'm Anglo-Indian. And she spoke English like the Queen. You know, she was she had no noticeable accent at all. I was always really confused about it. So do you speak Dutch? Yeah, I do. But it's bad now. Uh, (laughs) I've lived outside of the Netherlands for like 40 plus years. So Whenever I go back, it takes me about a week to get back into it again. But yeah, I do understand it. I can speak it, not fluently, and I can read it as well. How old were you when you left the Netherlands? Yeah, 13. So, so... you know, I remember it very well. And my father, who at the time worked for the Bank of America, and he was posted to a country called Suriname, or as they say in Dutch, Suriname, And it's just at the top of South America in between British and French Guiana. I'd never heard of it. And it was, you know, used to be a Dutch colony many years back. He had to go and rescue some independent bank. We were thrown into the tropics from having lived in the Netherlands. All of a sudden I'm in the tropics. I witnessed poverty, which I'd never seen before. The lifestyle was so different and hot and monsoons and everything, you know, and and going to school at like seven o'clock in the morning and finishing at lunchtime and massive culture shock. For a young boy (laughs) in his teenage years, it was very stressful indeed. I was going to say, because 13, you say you moved. I mean, that's quite a tricksy age. You know, even kids in this country, if you move them from one city to another, they say, oh, I don't want to lose all my friends and school. And how did you feel when your parents told you you were moving across the world? Quite exciting. It was an exciting journey. And yes, I was sorry to leave the Netherlands, but you know, what kind of living in the tropics because you don't need to worry about what you're going to wear each day. <laughs> you know, you got to go, oh, shirt sleeves again. Yeah. <laughs> and so from that point of view, it was nice. I also learned to play golf out there, which was really nice. Uh, so, you know, after school, I was on the golf course within 20 minutes and playing golf for the rest of the afternoon. We were there for three years and we had to kind of finish our equivalent kind of O-levels or GCSEs uh, over there before we then came back. But then when we got back after about a year, my father stayed and then he came back about six months, 12 months later. He was then advised he was going to go to the UK. 
That's Tapot's Michael de Groot. And he was talking to me before the show started, but as I chatted to him uh, throughout this interview, Michael uh, showed that once he got settled back in the UK, he felt the urge to completely change things up, not just a little, but a lot. I became a trained kinesiologist and I studied Reiki and became Reiki too, for people that know what that means. And... um, I decided that what I wanted to do was go and help people in the workplace with their stress and well-being, so health health and well-being at work. But I was very, very early with it. I was, it was like 2007 time and just as the um, financial crisis hit, uh, every door I knocked on, Everybody said, um, sorry, mate, it's, it's a, sounds a nice idea to help people in work with their well-being, but we can't afford it. I said, well, you can't afford not to, but cut a long story short, I couldn't get any business. Um, so I had to change direction then. And that's when I went into e-learning uh, with a company. I did some sales for them and became interested in that whole area. And then... Social media came about and I started, I'd already become kind of self-employed. So I was freelancing for some other people and kind of combination of different things. I couldn't do my well-being work, but I could uh, do stuff online. And that's when I trained myself with social media. I trained myself how to create videos. I trained myself how to do online and websites and all of that stuff. And I just enjoyed it. And I went, okay, the well-being wellness side of, of business is obviously not meant to be for me. Uh, this is supposed to be the direction I, I'm supposed to be going in. It's um quite a journey you've been on, actually, in terms <laughs> of a career. And, you know, I, I can kind of relate to you in some ways, because when I first was starting out career-wise, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do radio, but it felt like that was too, I don't know, frivolous. It was like, oh, that's too much fun. You know, I should be doing something mm. more serious yeah. or I should help the world in some way. And I looked into teaching and for a while I tried all kinds of jobs. I mean, I literally have started training as a nurse. I started training in teaching. I started uh, doing all sorts of jobs. I've designed kitchens, sold houses. I, <laughs> honestly, I did a little bit of all sorts. And people used to laugh at me and say, oh, oh what are you up to now, Lizzie? You know, what, what job are you doing today? And yeah. and then eventually I, I started doing radio and I thought, this is what I really want to do. What, why am I yeah. doing all this other stuff? I'm just going to go for what I really, really want, actually. And, and sort of the rest is history, as they say. But it's hard because people almost laugh at you for constantly changing I don't know if you came across that it's almost like oh, oh what, what are you up to now and actually is that there's a bravery in trying to find that thing that is fulfilling to you yeah you know lots of people because you get a lot of business advice as you're kind of on a journey of running your own business and so many people used to say you've just got to pick a lane you know imagine a car on the motorway going from lane one to lane two to lane three to lane two to lane one you know pick a lane, they said, pick a lane. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but I'm still in discovery phase here. And I think you just have to be when you start even a career, you know, nowadays, I mean, I've spoken to be I have a podcast as well. I interview business people and I hear their stories of pivoting from here and there and all sorts of different directions. And I think it's the, you know, richness of life. Why not try it all? And you know, if you can make a living from it, 
I'd say do it all if you can. You only get to stay on this planet once. so You might as well go for it. An inspiring man. We'll be talking a little bit more to Starport's Michael DeGroote later, including how he became entwined in the wonderful world of not just drumming, but Japanese taiko drumming. More on that in a moment. And one of the people I've been chatting to this evening is Michael DeGroote, who has lived all over the world. He started off life in the Netherlands, he moved to South America, and he ended up round here in Herefordshire and Worcestershire. And he has a very interesting hobby. He enjoys a bit of taiko drumming and he does his own personal classes as well. Here he is telling me how he got involved in Tycho in the first place. If we talk about the past year, I started this hobby in 2018, which is called Tycho Drumming. And I used to be a drummer in London. When I came over from the Netherlands, I'd already started messing with drumsticks in my bedroom. And I, I started learning drumming in London I uh, had to travel every Saturday for like three hours to South Croydon to, to go and see this drumming teacher. Eventually formed a like a little punk band in London, but I gave it up. I met a girl and she was jealous that I was going off drumming. So I went, OK, uh, <laughs> I'll stop then, you know. So I gave my drumming up, which was my passion. I had visions of being on tour as a drummer in a band. Anyway, a friend of mine who we met in Bristol, who lives in Devon, we went down there. He told me what he did at the weekend, which was this taiko drumming. I said, I've never heard of it. He showed me one video and I went, I'm doing that. So when I got back to Worcestershire, there wasn't anything around. And I I went searching online and I found my teacher in Shropshire. Been doing kind of in-person classes from 2018. And of course, it all went belly up in March 2020. And James, brilliant teacher, not very technology friendly. Uh, he is now, but he wasn't at the time. So I helped him completely reinvent his business to, to go online. And if it wasn't for my training of all of those years when I made the changes and in direction with video and websites and social media and everything else, I, w I wouldn't have been able to help him and, and you know, have all these people who love taiko drumming who used to go to classes doing it in their bedrooms and kitchens and <laughs> offices, you know, with some sticks and a drum pad and, and cushions and whatever. Um, and it's it's been through that training that I did for myself that I was able to support him with that. James spent a long time in Japan and he was an English teacher over there. And he discovered taiko drumming because he wanted to do a hobby and he didn't know what. And he was walking on a train station in Japan and he saw this poster. He couldn't really read what the poster said, but it just looked cool. He saw these people with drums and drumsticks in their hands. And he went and researched it, asked other people about it. And the rest is history. He became a fantastic taiko drumming teacher. He got a special certificate, um, the only person in the UK with that kind of teaching certificate from his taiko drumming teacher. And he then began uh, setting it up in the UK and he's been doing it. He's been doing drumming, taiko drumming for 25, over 25 years now. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you really have led such an interesting life and I think to have lived in various different countries around the world. Do you think that has shaped who you are and how do you think that has affected you as a person? That's a really good question. And there is no doubt 
at all. One of the things, major impact living in a foreign country where I saw poverty for the first time and vulnerable people suffering in life, uh, struggling in life, kind of meant that I have more empathy for people that are in suffering and that I didn't really know what it was until about 2004 when I got, you know, in this country, but um, volunteering and, and helping charities became a very big part of what I did in this country or have done. And I would never have done that if I hadn't seen that when I lived abroad, I don't think. And um, it's made me embrace change. It's made me embrace challenges. I don't easily get shaken. And, you know, everybody has challenges. Everybody has suffering. That's what's called being human. Having that kind of international upbringing has made me stronger for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's um, been a real pleasure to chat. And I think we probably could chat all night, but <laughs> it's just absolutely fascinating. Thank you, Lizzie. It's really great. If I, if I can do just a tiny little plug. Of course. So my, my business is now called Staying Alive UK. And that's what I do today. We create whiteboard animation videos. Check us out on stayingaliveuk.com. And the business was called Staying Alive UK, of course, because that's what I wanted to do in terms of helping people to stay alive. Yeah. But I never changed the name. I always kept it. And if you want to learn more about our drumming as well, uh, we have beginners and non-beginners that come and join us. Go to tycowest.com. You can read about us. You can sign up for tryout classes. Come and learn what it's about. All you need is a couple of wooden spoons and a cushion. You don't need any expensive equipment. So you're very welcome. We, we embrace everybody. That's the lovely Starport's Michael DeGroot. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.